Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Come on, let's go. This is the Media Industry Guru Show, the show that exposes you to entertainment, music, film, TV, and tech. We're online 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. And welcome back to the Media Industry Guru Podcast, y'all. How's everybody doing? Well, here we are with another singer-songwriter. Her name is Jennifer Avocado. Wait, no. Jennifer Alvarado. She goes by Jennifer Avocado, a lot of people. That's like her AKA or... Um, but she goes by her nickname, pseudonym, whatever you name it. Her name is Jennifer Alvarado. She is a country and rock singer whose songs come from her love for Christianity. She has returned to her country roots where she released her first EP entitled Playing With Fire. Her latest singles, which we will hear, include Rock This Way and Curious. She was named one to watch by Nashville Songwriters Association in the spring of 2021. Her songs IDWIB and Filthy Water were top 10 finalists for Best Pop Song and Best Modern Country Song for the Spring and Summer 2021 World Songwriting Awards. She also received an accolade by Indie Star Radio for her works. Now we will welcome her to the podcast where we will learn more about her songwriting process, her tips and tricks to songwriting, and also her side hustle experience working in the legal side of the entertainment industry as a paralegal. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the Media Industry Guru podcast. Really excited to hear all about you and your background, your upcoming EP and album, and then learning more about your last name. I know you had a nickname for your last name, right? Avocado. Where did that come from? Yeah, so my last name, my, so when I got married, because I was a Miller, so I was very simplistic, <laughs> Jennifer Miller, it was very easy for everybody. Um, there was like 15 of us around town, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then when I got married, um, my husband's last name is Alvarado. So I became Jennifer mm. Alvarado. And um, people, especially around here in the South, people kind of mispronounce it a lot. And so one of the probably funniest and easiest things that they do is just call me avocado. And so <laughs> that's honestly, like I've started just sort of using that even for my fans and calling mm -hmm. them avocados because I mean, <laughs> who doesn't like avocados. And yeah. then also it's just so much easier. And when you give them that reference, for some reason that helps, that helps like get it in their brain that it's Alvarado. <laughs> Well, that's a really cool, like, unique twist to your name, and avocados are great anyways. They have that, like, savory and also, like, sweet but healthy. They, It's like a eclectic combination of all tastes, I feel like, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's learn more about you. So at four years old, you started writing songs. So did you come from a background of uh, parents, a uh, musical family? Sort of. Um, my grandfather actually played a multitude of instruments and um i think him and some of his family would play for a radio show um on mm. sunday mornings and so there was definitely that music i guess that background a little bit um i was always around music everybody in my family loves music um but not a lot of people other than him really performed or did anything um and so i grew up with a very eclectic blend of 
you know, classic rock from my mom um, mm-hmm. to Christian and gospel with my father and, and his parents. And then, um, you know, Gaither gospel, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I can remember watching that. And then my grandparents, my mom's parents were very into classic country and, and you know, 90s country, that kind of thing. And so I had sort of all of those different things. And then when I started taking um, voice lessons and stuff like that, I became very, um, mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with classical music and opera um, and actually studied opera in college. So, mm. yeah. And then also you uh, were leading worship in church. You also released a sing- one of your first singles, Relentlessly, in 2015. Uh, tell us about that songwriting process and what that song is about and what was the process of releasing your first single ever? So songwriting's always been something that's near and dear to me. I started writing songs when I was really, really little. Um, mm-hmm. It's how I came to kind of in, well express myself because I was the shy kid. I was the kid that I would get angry and not know how to talk about it. And so I would go home and write a mean song. <laughs> Just you know, probably not the best, but it was <laughs> it was my outlet, and um, so I I always loved songwriting, and I feel like that that was one thing that was given to me um, by God to be able to express myself. So, mm-hmm. um, so I did grow up in the church, and that was sort of my first real place of being able to work on my craft and um, work on just worship music and sort of sort of put the I guess performance aspect to the side because you don't want to do that mm-hmm. when you're worshiping like it's you know yeah. it's counterintuitive mm-hmm. and um mm. so just to be able to really fall in love with the music and being able to use the gift for a message versus just going up to you know get that performance high that sometimes you get yeah um, but Relentlessly was one of the first songs that ever released. I actually woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep. And so I sat down and wrote this song mm. and, um, it was a pretty quick write, but that was part of my, um, contemporary Christian album that I put out in 2015. And I will say that I played it very safe with that album. Um, I can look back at it now and I was, I had been in the studio before, um, but this was the first time I was working with my producer that I've had for eight years now. And um, Mm -hmm. so because of other experiences in the studio with other producers, I sort of went in very afraid to to actually express what I loved and and Mm -hmm. how I thought the song should sound and everything. So I kind of, in a way, relented to it and said, hey, just, (laughs) You know, we'll do, but my producer is very good at listening to me. So I feel like he stayed true to what I wanted to express with that album. But I think I was my own worst enemy in a way, if, mm-hmm. if that makes okay. sense, of just mm-hmm. not really knowing fully how I wanted to brand myself at that point, how I wanted to speak my truth, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to play it very safe and very contemporary christiany i don't know Got so it. i felt okay. like you couldn't delve into issues that that is really part of your core and what you're passionate mm-hmm. about and so i just i really did i played it safe that um yeah but i think i think i just i played it very safe with that album um 
because I wasn't sure of myself at that point. Mm -hmm. um, it was that experience of going into the studio one of the first times and wanting to be perfect at everything. And you're not going to be perfect at everything. No one is. Mm -hmm. There's trial. There's there's lessons to be learned. Um, and so that was one of my biggest things of needing to just kind of calm down and go through the process and see what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. And your sound is very eclectic. It's a mixture of country, pop, and a little bit of blues too. And I'm curious, so did you tour? Have you done like a tour around the South or like around a national tour? I've done a lot of, of around this area, the South. Um, most of my time has been spent in the church. Like the past few years of my life were dedicated to hmm. to worship ministry and to really. And, and so I've been around to all different churches leading worship and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, with with that side of my music. Um, it wasn't until 2020 that I really delved into the country side and the pop mm. side and started okay. releasing that. Um, because for me, I, I had that dilemma inside of like, which one can I do? Like, mm -hmm. I need to push one or the other. And the fact is you don't have to, like, you just need to be true to yourself. And, but I had to get to that place within myself that said, okay, it's okay mm -hmm. that I sing a country song and then I go lead worship. So it, it was just one of those things that I had to make peace with in myself. Um, but yeah, so I tour a lot around um, the South, Virginia, Tennessee, South Carolina, mm -hmm. North Carolina. Very cool. And you also, um, an interesting fact about yourself is you are also a paralegal before returning to music and working in the music industry. So tell us about what that shift was like coming from like a legal background to working in the music industry. And do you see um, a lot of like entertainment lawyers, um, like, and how did that influence you being in the music industry? Yeah. Um, so growing up the paralegal, not even the paralegal, the law side was my backup plan. That was mm -hmm. my plan B for everything. So, um, I always had this bit of music. Well, I always wanted to do music, but then I had this other side of me that would intern at law offices and was very into just just all of the legal stuff um, to wrap it up into <laughs> one package. Um, and so I actually was on, I, I was on the plan of doing pre-law. I had done pre-law and poli-sci um, and I was going to go to Duke for law school and um, divinity school. And I got a job as a paralegal and I was like, well, let's try this. Let's make sure this is what I want to do. And I stayed there mm -hmm. for quite a while. Um, and I just, I realized that I wasn't fully happy, that I wasn't living into what I thought that I should be living into. And, mm -hmm. and part of it was the paralegal side is my practical side. It's my analytical side. It's mm -hmm. the, the side of me that's like, well, you've got to, gotta have a job that you know is nine to five or whatever and it pays and it, it's mm -hmm. you know all of that and so that's really where that was coming from it was coming from a place of fear but I mm -hmm. will say that what I've learned with with law is that so many people in in the law profession 
they they have side things as musicians there's a lot out there that that Mm -hmm. are doing side things as musicians i think that there's and and for me i wanted to learn the law side from a songwriting standpoint so that i would Mm. understand copyrights and i would understand patents and trademarks and all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. that i i could do the branding part and i could do the marketing part Mm -hmm. um and so that that has been very helpful because I actually did intellectual properties. I was an intellectual oh, property paralegal um, for a few years, and um, and I absolutely love trademarks, patents, and copyrights. Mm-hmm. But that has proven to be helpful now, yeah, um, because I know the process and I know sort of mm-hmm. what it's supposed to look like. And, yeah. Would you say for an artist, it's important to have that well-rounded aspect of the business side, especially the legal side, because there's always cases um, where we see um, artists copywriting other artists' work or um, and there's no trademarks or patents and um, getting into a film, like with licensing deals, there's contracts in that, there's contracts in touring. Yeah, I think the more you know, the better equipped you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Do you need to know every detail? Probably not, because I don't. And so if it got down to a contract, if a contract was sent to me tomorrow, there's Mm -hmm. people I know that I can call that will look at it. And, you know, our attorneys, entertainment attorneys, and they have my back. And I know that. Mm -hmm. But, and I get that so many artists don't have that. And so I've been very grateful for that resource. Um, But there are people out there that can help you. With that mm. said, it never hurts to just know part of it. Is it the most interesting thing? No, <laughs> but I think I think as an artist, you have to know how to market yourself. Mm. You have to know what's in your best interest and how are you gonna do that if you don't understand it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that you need to know some things and you need to know at least, at least bits of it and if you don't know the bits then where to go get good accurate advice and information Mm -hmm. so in terms of advice and consulting someone have you Mm -hmm. had any mentors in the past or do you look up to any idols in the music industry whether it's the business side or the artist side yeah so very early on in ministry actually um i learned the importance of having a mentor as far as just somebody to kind of come alongside you and help you along and be there for you to encourage you and also speak truth. And that's a mm-hmm. huge thing is the speaking truth because mm-hmm. people can blow smoke all day long <laughs> and not have your best interest. And so it takes mm-hmm. somebody who really cares about you and really sees something in you. Um, that's going to actually say, Hey, this looks like a disaster. Like, I think <laughs> you need to rethink this. Yeah. That takes somebody that's mm-hmm. humble and and being able to just talk to you like that and being real with you. Um, so yes, I have personal mentors that have come alongside me and helped me and that I know I can call on. Um, but then from a professional standpoint, as far as like idols, um, I grew up listening to Reba McIntyre. I thought she was phenomenal in everything that she did especially the business aspect she was able to go from Mm -hmm. you know recording music to broadway to film to all these different facets of the industry Mm -hmm. and she did it as far as i can tell flawlessly so um 
I look up to her a lot and I think that mm-hmm. she is a good role model as far as being a strong woman in this industry because even now I, I still see that yes women have made headways in the entertainment field and in music and all of that but it's still very much a, a, a man's world on mm-hmm. a lot of things and um so just to see that she's kind of taken the reins of her own career and, and the business side and being able to say like she has a backbone she has grit um those are those are major things that i take from that um mm-hmm. and then from a songwriting aspect i would say patty griffin taylor swift um mm-hmm. i really appreciate just their art form um, and how they're able to say certain things and speak certain things. And it can be a simple line, but the way that they phrase it sounds completely different than anything you've ever heard and it sticks with you. And so okay. those type of mm-hmm. songs and that those type of lyrics that can just speak straight into your situation um, and give a relatively old idea completely new life, like that mm-hmm. that's amazing to me. Yeah, it's interesting how like artists can like impact you through their lyrics, through just their voices, through their melodies, um, even just like the acoustics or the um, even the non-melodic forms like the drums. Or And now we will take a break and listen to one of Jennifer's newest singles, Curious. I can see you looking at me from across the room. Every single glance I get a little more confused You shouldn't want me, I shouldn't want you All of our reasons, we follow the rules But all I keep dreaming about is me with you
So do you find it very rewarding to help artists on a personal and professional level when um, their lyrics mean something to them and whether it's the instrumentals as well? And has that impacted you in some sort of way, even in your hometown or even globally? Yeah, so um, lyrics have always been a huge thing to me. I think as a songwriter, you kind of, that's what speaks to you are the lyrics mm -hmm. and so growing up I can remember listening to certain artists and I thought that their song was specifically for me and mm -hmm. it gave me a peace and it made me feel like somebody was there with, that knew what I was going through mm -hmm. and so as an artist myself like that's one of the biggest things that I try to do um, and I think you do that by being authentic um, and when you talk about something that's meaningful to you you can put those details in there and you never know what those details may speak to somebody else. Um, everybody's perspective is different. Our experiences mm -hmm. are different. But there's so many common core things that we all relate to and we all understand. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're able to just put your raw emotion into something, it's going to speak to somebody. Um, and you don't know what that can do for somebody else. You can help somebody feel like they have a friend or, mm -hmm. or just somebody who gets it and that they're not alone. And so that's always been my biggest thing with with music is to, to help somebody else feel the way that I felt as an 11-year-old kid sitting in my room, singing these songs, crying, thinking, mm -hmm. I'm all alone in the world. And yet here's this person over here that is speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. And so... I, you know, I think that's a, that's why we're here is to be that light for somebody else and to be that voice for somebody else. And um, so many times we want to hide that away and not be vulnerable with with mm -hmm. our songs, or we think that maybe it's too much to put out there. And I think if you're questioning that, you need to pull it back and maybe think about it. Is this something I really want to put out there? But usually, it's something that needs to be put out there. If you're really questioning it like that, I feel like most of the time it's because there's somebody out there who really needs to hear it and know that you're feeling the exact same way. Yeah, it is um, very comforting. Like the artist goes through um, some personal uh, thing and it becomes very relatable and you can connect rather than it just being a song that you listen to and you just click the next button on like a streaming service. And you've been recognized for your numerous songs and you've received a lot of accolades too, including um, one from One to Watch by the National Songwriters Association recently. Your song Curious was a finalist for best pop song in the world um, for the winter 2022 Indie Songwriting Awards. Um, you have a couple of songs that were top 10 finalists for best pop song and best modern country song. Um, for the 2021 World Songwriting Awards. So you, and also you received an Indie Star Radio Award recently. Um, so you've received so many different awards. So you've impacted so many different people in the country and pop music space. So it's pretty incredible. And how does it feel to receive back those awards and to be named like 2021 Song of the Year? I think, I mean, that definitely is it's always an honor to know mm -hmm. that that what you're doing is, is making some sort of difference. I think that's what we all sort of want is just to know that 
you know, our time here mm -hmm. on Earth, it's going to matter in some way. Um, but yeah, I think more than anything, it's, for me, one of the biggest compliments I can mm -hmm. ever have is when somebody just comes up and says, hey, you know, I really relate to this, or thank you for saying this. And uh, I've had some people come up with, with one of my songs, Couplets, that are even water in it. it it kind of talks about my relationship with my parents and how it hasn't been great. And um, just some of the, the words that I've said in there. And, and I've had some people that also do not have great relationships. Um, they've come up and they've just said, we get it and we understand. And I think, um, and, and thank you for saying that. And so anytime somebody just says thank you for, for saying something a certain way like that, to me, that's the biggest compliment and the biggest, I guess, reward from all of this. Um, mm -hmm. Because it makes you feel like, even if it's just in one person's life, that it matters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, especially worldly um, success, like so much of what we kind of figure out, like, are we going the right way? Are we, are we doing everything that we should be doing? Mm -hmm. it, it comes with accolades. And so I think that that's part of it too. There is that part of, um, I want to know I'm going the right direction. I want to know that I'm doing something right, maybe. Of course, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I'm just, I'm grateful. And, and it's, it's just honor. It's a complete honor. And you also talk about in your bio, remaining true to your art, your craft, and your passion and sticking with it. Have you had any like challenges that you, and like how did you overcome them to stick true to yourself and to be brave and to be a risk taker and to receive those awards? Because risk taking equals awards usually. So a few years ago, um, it was right after I actually released uh, Hello Life, the 2015 album. Um, I had a period of time where I was writing with another group and um, some of my songs were, were taken and changed and there was mm. a lot of just stuff that happened and it made me very afraid of collaboration it made me very afraid of putting my music out there and so I sort of went through this period of time where I was like I don't like this because music had always been my safe place where I thought I could write anything I could say anything and it was it was it was okay and it was safe and for that moment, I realized like it wasn't. And so I look back at that now and I realized that it taught me how to sort of gauge the situation so much better and know who I can trust and who I can't. And sometimes we don't. Even when yeah. we think we totally can, we can't. But it also taught me how passionate I am about this. Mm -hmm. And and for me, nothing good like it, nothing worth having comes without that that period of cost and sacrifice and trying okay. to um, figure out you, you know having those moments of hurt and just and really having to go through pain and mm -hmm. trying to figure things out and so I went through that and um, the album that I'm actually working on now the project that I'm working on now is sort of me coming out of that and you know lessons that you learn during that process mm -hmm. and and learning to find your voice again mm -hmm. and learning that not everybody's bad and that there is there is a place for your songs there is a place for your voice um 
but I, I think the thing is with this world, like it will try to take your voice as as much as it can and silence you. And so I think even more, it taught me that you have to stand up. Like if you believe something and believe in something that you have to give it all you got yeah. and push forward, even through the trials and tribulations of it. So. I agree. Yeah, that's really great wisdom for anybody on the business side of the music industry who aspires to be in uh, the music industry on any different facet or to be a singer songwriter like yourself. Um, and I want to hear more about uh, your background being a worship director since you do yeah. singing and uh being a worship director they do go hand in hand especially with your songwriting process so what's um been one of your greatest experiences being a worship director do you have any like memories like uh rewarding times or just helping people out or that's what i was going to say one of one of my greatest memories um at one of the churches i was at a few years ago um, there was a youth, well, there were several youth in the band. And being able to watch them grow and and learn to, because there was one girl in particular that I absolutely adore, but um, she had always been in the back in this band. And she was told, you just stand back there and play guitar. And the guitar wasn't even plugged in for most of them. So, wow. Like, I mean, she was just standing there. And um, when I came, I was like, no, like this is this is not right. Like you're gonna come up to the front, you're gonna sing, and we're gonna work on guitar, and this is what you're gonna do. And so, just being able to put that faith into somebody and watch them grow um, and overcome their own fears and anxiety was huge. Um, and and I love that. I love being able to pour into somebody else. And I think that's another thing. I learned this from ministry, but I think it's true in, in every industry, whatever. Like, who is coming behind you? Like, turn back and look behind you and, and who is following you? Because that's so important. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to give that time to somebody. We're supposed to help raise up other people. That's how we get leaders. And, and mm -hmm. in ministry, that's how ministry continues. Yeah. Because ministry will die with you unless you're raising up people to keep it going and carrying mm -hmm. it on. And that's so counterintuitive to this world where we think that we have to know everything and if somebody else knows it, somehow it's a risk to us. But really, I will say in life, if, if you wanna get ahead and you wanna keep growing, you need to be actually putting effort into somebody else and helping raise somebody else up. Okay. And you've lifted up so many people on a professional level, being the worship director and then also being a creative artist, um, producing songs and getting all those rewards. So to wrap things up, what advice could you give to someone who aspires to be in your shoes to receive all the accolades and to uh, bring about faithful music to a vibrant community in country and in pop? Honestly, my biggest thing is keep going um, because you're going to have days where you want to quit. You're going to have seasons where you think, why am I even doing this? Nobody sees anything I'm doing. And, and the fact is they may not, but there's a reason for that season. And, and I truly believe that you're being prepared for something else. And as long as you're putting in the work and you're continually wanting to be better mm -hmm. at whatever it is, um, you will get there um, 
And so, and by no means am I there. Like, every day I wake up and there's something else I need to be working on. And I think that's the other thing, is to, to be a student. Like, always be willing to say, I don't know everything. And, and be willing to ask questions and to learn. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because it can only help you. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, is never think that you are too talented or too smart or mm-hmm. too professional or whatever you want to call it to, to ask for help and to ask somebody's advice. Yeah, there's because, no dumb question. Yeah, because that is the only way to learn and it's the only mm-hmm. way to move forward and to get better at your craft, to get better at this business, mm-hmm. and yeah, to be better just for this world. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Also, I want to hear more about your goals and upcoming exciting adventures. You're finishing up your latest album and EP, and you're working towards a licensing and publishing deal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Do you have any TV shows or movies that you aspire to have your work in? I mean, there's there's hundreds out there that I would love love it if they would call me. I'd love if Netflix called tomorrow and said, hey, for our new series, we're going to... You know, for the new Stranger Things, season five, here. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that I would love to see my music in. Um, and, and that's one reason I decided to sort of start pushing the licensing thing. Because so many of my songs are story songs. And they're the type of songs that would work well in the background of a movie or a TV mm-hmm. show. Um and so I know that, and I'm, I'm just trying to look at that facet and see what can be worked on through that. Um, as far as, as this upcoming EP that's coming out, so I am putting out an album called Songbird eventually, mm-hmm. but I've broken it up, up into two parts. And the reason for that is there's so much music that comes out right now, and this culture is so quick-paced that a lot of songs, when you put them out on an album, you may lose four or five of them and it's just the nature of it and so I really wanted to give each of these songs their time and and a moment to be heard because you know they're meaningful Mm -hmm. to me and I feel like that there's a point to them Um, and so I decided to break it up into two smaller projects Mm -hmm. part one and a part two because it really is this story of a toxic situation where you Mm -hmm. start out good then you realize something's wrong and you're left with all these questions and this hurt and then you have to rebuild from it. And so part one is all of those questions where part two is all of those answers. Mm -hmm. Wow, so very cool. So really excited to hear it and everybody should take a listen and hopefully it gets into Stranger Things season five. I mean, they're wrapping up season four, which is tomorrow. And then and (laughs) maybe season five, who knows? (laughs) That'd be really cool. Stranger things have happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jennifer, for being on the podcast. Really excited to hear your upcoming EP. And we're looking forward to it. It's on all DSPs, including Spotify. And best wishes for your personal and professional endeavors being a worship director. And can't wait to see you in California, maybe performing yeah. at some venues or nationally on a tour. That would be great. Thank you. And now to wrap things up, we will listen to one more of Jennifer Alvarado's fire songs called Rock This Way.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Check out the Instagram at Media Industry Guru for all the details on the latest and coolest, I mean coolest, upcoming episodes that you will hear. Email at MediaIndustryGuruPodcast at gmail.com for any other interviews that you would like to hear or if you would like to be on the air and give a little promo or talk about yourself or just even chat with me because you know I'm I'm doing this. I'm invested in this. And tune in weekly 6pm Pacific, 9pm Eastern on Tuesdays on the Anchor app, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker and many more streaming platforms. 
Thanks again for all of the support and peace out and let's rock and roll. Yeah.